Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of now I'm picturing. What are your poops like? I'm kind of picturing you just like doing the, the dog <laughs> crawl across the, the carpet. I mean, you don't have to imagine it. We've seen it. Yeah. I do like a sexy Marilyn Monroe crawl across the carpet. Oh, gross. Yeah, with poop on my thighs. Ugh. <laughs> I want everybody to like watch Blonde, but then just imagine my face on Marilyn Monroe. We could probably, you know, we could we probably got, deep fake you in there. That'd be great. We got, you know, we got the technology. We have a Peter. That might actually make that movie watchable. I hear it's kind of rough. I've it's pretty bad, yeah. yeah. But if my face was on the lady body, mm. let me hunt. Oh, my God. Um, it was fine. I just met. I'm just talking about the uh, the emotional roller coaster we're about to go through. Go no. from last mm. the, the last episode to this episode. Yeah, one was That's fun. really implying that we all have emotions here. Mm, fair. I, I meant for our listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're invested at this point. I don't think our listeners have emotions either. I don't think we have listeners. There's at least some bots that watched our. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they our went YouTube. to town on that one video. <laughs> 58 views or something. Wow. It's like 90 now. Oh, damn. damn. Yeah. All right. Well, where do we get more bots? Yeah, good question. I think and Russia. Can they please watch some of our other videos? <laughs> <laughs> Which video is it? Uh, it was the It Can Happen to You. I was kind of hoping it was the 9-11 one because then that would be weird. That would have been actually really weird. <laughs> that would have been awesome if it was like a bunch of people kind of Googling 9-11 stuff, just trying to... Like... 9-11, the facts. I mean, it was... It... <laughs> Welcome to Cage Match. This is... You really struggled with that one today. This is this is Sean, your bemused host with my co-host... Nick. And our producer... Peter, hello. Who is infinitely patient, patient with our chicanery. Until not, he, not last week. Until he's not. Is it chicanery? Yeah. Sh- chicanery? chicanery? Oh, I don't know. Chicanery? Sean Connery? Sean Connery. Thank you for being patient with our Sean Connery today. <laughs> always, always patient with your Sean Connery. Especially uh, Zardoz era Sean Connery. I love me some Zardoz era Sean Connery. So great. Let's talk about that movie. Yeah. I wish I had a giant floating head that just vomited guns out for me every morning. That movie is unhinged. I don't, I don't need this, but you want it. It'd be entertaining. This is this is the speed this podcast is going to go today. <laughs> nope, we're going to pick it up. We All got right. this going on. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the bad one or the good one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just let's. Uh, uh, so we're just going to give up give up the ghost here. Uh, this week we are putting head to head Paul Schrader's 2014. Dying of the light thing. I was trying to think of a kind word to put in front of it. And uh, uh, it just sounded like you forgot what we were doing here again. N- no, no. And 1993's romp <laughs> Red Rock West. Red Rock West. Wed Walk West. Wed Walk West. Red Rock Rest. Yeah, this is that. that I mean, that's going to be most of the jokes in this episode. I would like to talk about Red Rock West first. 1993. Yeah. Nick Cage plays drifter Michael, who, after driving 1,200 miles to get a job on an oil rig and uh, not getting it because of his bum knee, spends his last $5 to get to Red Rock. While looking for barback work, is mistaken for Lyle, played by Dennis Hopper, an assassin who didn't show up and 
Nick Cage is offered ten thousand dollars, five thousand up front, to murder Larifin Boyle's character uh, Suzanne by her husband J.T. Walsh's Wayne. Hilarity ensues. Shenanigans ensue. Sean Connery. Sean Connery ensues. Um, every time Nick Cage, you know, gets uh, he goes over to the house. Uh, she offers him twice as much money. He takes that. Writes the sheriff a letter saying, you know. Bar owner's trying to kill his wife. You should probably look into that. Throws it in the mail because time is of the essence. And uh, scoots out of town. Only did a drifter. Drive him to the hospital. And uh, when the sheriff shows up to ask questions, guess who it is? It's the bar owner, Wayne. And it's all just a wacky adventure from there. It's a very thinly like veiled like farce. This whole thing's just like a dark farce. It really doesn't like drive big jokes or anything. No. But uh, everything leads back to Red Rock. And there are like five times he gets out of town only to immediately get driven right back to town. Wayne drives him out of town to kill him in the middle of the forest. He gets away, runs off, is almost hit by Lyle, the actual assassin, who not only drives him back to Red Rock, drives him back to Wayne's bar and is insulted that Nick Cage won't have a drink with him. What's the name of that tabletop game? Uh, fiasco. Fiasco. It's it's Fiasco. <laughs> yeah. Like everything it's, about this is Fiasco. It's a Coen Brothers film without witty dialogue. It is written by a pair of brothers. That's also true. Yeah. And directed by one of those brothers uh, whose name is... John. John. <laughs> John, John Dahl. Yeah. Um, who mostly has only... has directed a lot of television. And he got his start directing a bunch of Cool in the Gang music videos that's that's pretty astounding yeah doll's first hmm. film uh kill me again was yeah val kilmer was it uh yeah i believe he was in that oh uh, well uh the reason nick cage took this role and this is my one fun fact for this movie is because his uncle francis ford coppola really liked doll's first film uh, kill me again and said nick cage should take should do it i mean i think you said it right nick you know this doesn't lead to a lot of big jokes. It, it happens. It happens at a clip. There's a lot of turns all yeah. leading back to Wedwalk. Wedwalk. Michael gets seduced by Laura Flynn Boyle's character real quick. They're on the run out of town. No money. And she wants to stop for a beer, which turns into tequila, yeah, which turns into the comfort inn. Wants to stop for a beer, but she wants to use his money, too. It's like he just saved her ass. They're getting gas. And she's like, how are you going to pay for that? And he's like, well, I got like 80 bucks. And she's like, let me see your wallet. And then just looks at his ID to like make sure she knew who he was. Takes his money and says, like, I'm getting a drink. Yeah. It's like, bitch. I mean, technically, he just took, you know, $10,000 of hers to kill her husband, which he also didn't do. Well, whatever. She deserved it. Yeah. And all the money and his gun is in his impounded vehicle. Impounded vehicle. Oh, and the guy he ran over uh, had two slugs in the chest. Hence why the sheriff showed up and was like, well, you clearly tried to kill this man. I love the enthusiasm you have right now. I have nothing left in the tank today. <laughs> like, this is this is going to be a Nick episode. Oh, Jesus. I mean, talk about some of the performances. Do do the uh, the ancillary characters and then talk some of the KG bits. Uh, Dennis Hopper Lyle is pretty fun. Oh, I love the Lyle energy. Yeah. So just, he, he just like gets in that car and he's like, you know, big Texas attitude. Yeah. And everything's just like 
when he's talking about being a Marine and Nick Cage is like, oh yeah, I was a Marine too. And like they do a little hoo uh thing together. Let me buy you a beer. And he's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want a beer. Like, oh, you won't even let me buy you a beer. And like just real offended that he couldn't be hospitable yeah. to somebody. It's like, oh. Which immediately turns around into, I'm going to kill you in the bathroom when I found find out you took the money that was meant for me to kill a lady. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk about the truck driver. Oh, the truck driver? The truck driver was cool. So when uh, Nick Cage escapes the bathroom, he like climbs through the window and Lyle and Wayne come into the bathroom trying to find him because that's they knew where he was. Uh, they see that the window's open, so he climbed out the window. They go outside and they're looking around out back and looking around all over for him. Nick Cage climbed up the HVAC and he was on the roof and he takes this two by four and extends it out across the roof onto the top of this semi truck. And he, he like tight ropes across it and it like doesn't even flex. So pretty good two by fours <laughs> they had back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, 93, 93. Yeah. And uh, gets over onto the top of this truck and escapes and you know lyle you know kind of figures out like oh he he must have gone on the roof so he's on the roof and he sees nick cage on top of this truck as they drive away down the road nick cage just knocks on the driver's (laughs) side window from on top and is like hey i'm out here and the truck driver has to like slam on the brakes and nick cage holds on pretty well yeah he does i mean he must have expected it and besides he's got a bum knee not a bum hand (laughs) Quit I mean, discounting him. <laughs> Nick Cage is good at things. I will. I mean, I will say this is probably the most buff Cage we've seen. No, I don't know. He was doing those one arm push ups in the middle of the highway in that open opening scene. Yeah, but do you remember Birdie when he popped that top off? That's true. Come gutters. So this is like five, six years later. Yeah, he's lost he's it a little bit. Still looking pretty good, though. Yeah, he looks fine. He looks like somebody who could have arguably been in the military at some point. Yeah. So. He like the truck driver pops out of the truck and he like puts a gun up to Nick Cage's face. He's like, does this feel good or some shit like that? Nick Cage is like, uh, no. And then the truck driver's like, what are you doing over here? He's like, ah, well, I was in the bar and my wife showed up and she was real angry. So I just dipped out and like had to hide. So I like caught a ride on your truck. And the guy's like, I don't fucking believe that. You're full of shit. And he's like, no, you've never met my wife. So he drops him off in the middle of nowhere on this, like in front of this house. And the house being that of uh, Wayne and Suzanne, because he now that Lyle's in town, he's got to warn Suzanne that, hey, this guy's actually coming to kill you. Yeah. Which I do like those two playing off each other. There's a lot of back and forth when he's like trying to get her to hurry the fuck up and get out of the house or to hide because Lyle is right outside and she's just fighting him on it. He's like, just. Go hide on the porch. Like, what do you what do you want me to do? Get a divorce. <laughs> oh. No, uh, you're putting two different conversations together there, but yeah, either way. I, that's <laughs> that's the thing about this movie. It goes at such a clip and it all just meshes together. But then so Lyle shows up, he Nick Cage beans Lyle on the face with a trophy or something. Yeah. He <laughs> just whips it right across yeah. the room. Good Does, aim on him. Yeah. Lyle goes down, doesn't go for the gun. Like Nick Cage doesn't go for the gun, they just book it. In a Jeep with no gas, which is kind of the running theme of this film is always out of gas. Yeah. Uh, Story of my life. (laughs) Yeah, it was actually after he hit him with that statue. 
that's when Laura Flynn Boyle's like, my husband's trying to kill me. And, and she's like, well, what am I supposed to do? It's like, well, if I were you, I'd get a divorce. Yeah. That was my my quote for this one. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, my quote. So her plan is to like run off to Mexico with Nick Cage. And when all the cards are on the table, she's like turned on him. And she's like, we can still go to Mexico. And he just goes, fuck Mexico. <laughs> it does have some good little lines in this movie. He is only like he is just there for this movie. He makes no decision in this film other than to go back to the house that drives this story. It just kind of happens around him. All the driving points and all the character, like all the character arcs in this are everyone else. And he's just in the middle of it. Very much like a Mad Max movie. Mad Max film, or I was going to say like a USA, like 90s TV show, like Renegade shows up mm. in a small town, solves small town problems, moves on. He's like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I mean, this very much felt like they could have just made more of these films. Just random schmo shows up to town. Shit goes sideways. I mean, you could find that like all over the place, like that theme. Yeah. Like, and it's still popular now, too. It's yeah. like Reacher is really no different. And like, that was that's what wildly... I was thinking of when I watched this. I mean, all in all, I thought it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. It was fun. Um, like, there's nothing so terrible in it to like tear down and make fun of. Uh, I mean, Laura Flynn Boyle's like, well, there's a reason you don't see a lot of her now. She wasn't that entertaining to watch. No, I mean, she kind of just was riding the high of being in Twin Peaks, I think. Yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of just what she brought to the table. Well, I guess with this one, too, it's just because it felt like I said, it felt like a 90s USA afternoon action show. It just none of the acting like stood out to me in any way other than it was just there to progress the dumbass series of events. I don't think any one character, well, I mean, Lyle, Dennis Hopper, I think did a, a really good job. Oh, he chewed that scenery so good. Yeah. I, he was also our most larger than life character yeah. in the whole thing. So. Like Nick Cage doesn't talk a lot in this film. No, he doesn't. He's a pretty, you know, reserved, easygoing guy. Yeah. Who, you know, just wanted some money. So the big twist in the film is after they decide to go to, after they get away and they stay at the Comfort Inn, they decide they're going to run to Mexico, which is a great idea. You've just met this strange woman whose life is embroiled with, you know, homicides. And you're like, all right, this seems like a good idea. We're down to our last, I'm assuming, 20 bucks. Mexico seems fine. And but she wants to go back and steal half a million, half a million from Wayne, because it turns out they were bank robbers. Oh, I thought you were going to say lizard people. That would have been that would have been our 9-11 episode. That would have been our 9-11 episode. Yeah. Didn't Laura Flynn Boyle play the alien baddie in Men in Black 2? I've completely purged that film from my mind. I know Johnny Knoxville was her, like, wacky sidekick. I just have a weird encyclopedic knowledge of what Johnny Knoxville's in. That's fair. That's her. Oh, there you go. Oh. Hey, that tracks. Um, what else is she doing? No, it doesn't matter. This isn't a Laura Flynn Boyle <laughs> podcast. Um, it can be. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google her later. So, but, yeah, the... Uh, naughtiness ensues the cop the cops show up uh to arrest wayne because they find the wanted poster mm -hmm. yeah yeah Did uh, they say where that came from it was in kurt's pocket kurt being laura's love buddy oh, okay who was the guy that nick cage hit with his car yeah all right that guy had a bad go man he got shot twice and then hit by a car in the rain yeah but he was bleeding out i guess so i'm gonna blame the victim here What'd you guys think of the uh, the accent work between Lyle and Nick Cage's Michael? 
Well, luckily, Nick Cage didn't speak a lot because it wasn't the strongest accent. I thought Dennis Hopper just he had an accent and he committed. I don't know if there's different regional dialects in Texas. It's a pretty big fucking state. I imagine once you get around other border states, it would affect it. I had a really hard time Uh watching Dennis Hopper in this because I had just been watching clips from Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get that out of my head. I love that movie. I did. I want to say I did genuinely enjoy this movie. I like the Mexican standoff in the cemetery later. Yeah. Where they're like digging up the money from the bank robbery and everyone's got a gun on each other. I like how we keep actually misusing the term Mexican standoff. Like, no, like they didn't all have guns. There were enough guns. There, yeah, there were there were guns. There was a knife. There was a shovel. Yeah. There was a pocket knife. I think that counts. Okay. Uh, I, I forgot to count the shovel. Very important Wayne, in your Mexican standoff. Lyle chucks a knife into Wayne's throat. Dude, that was slick. Yeah, that was super awesome. And also when he slipped the magazine out of the pistol before he threw it down, like ejected the magazine while it was pointed up so it, he could drop the pistol and just keep that in his hand and he slid that up. That's why when Laura Flynn Boyle had it later... It was empty. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And then uh, Lyle. He's a smooth operator. You know, when Lyle and him are tussling at the end, uh, Lyle's dragging him over because there's a statue of a soldier with a bayonet. And Lyle's just like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stab this fucker on that. (laughs) Nick Cage just grabs him and chucks him on it instead. (laughs) I did like that he kind of ghostwritered Nick Cage with that chain, though. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a good purge. I did enjoy it. I'm going to watch this movie again. It might work its way into my rotation. I like a romp. Mm-hmm. I like a comedy of errors. I like heists that have gone wrong. This movie has everything in it that I like in a bad movie. And, and the gets, bonus is it's not even a bad movie. It's not even a bad movie. But did you notice that there was rainier beer in the house that he burned down? I did not. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. A, a case. Oh, <laughs> um, awesome. I, I do want to point out that scotch is not an appropriate accelerant if you're trying to burn a house down it does it, not have a high enough abv it's not gonna burn hot enough or right for you to even set a blanket on fire this, this is, is an arson podcast <laughs> i just want anybody out there who thinks that it's that's don't say that we're we're already on a list for the 9-11 episode don't start saying this is an arson podcast i'm just concerned with authenticity we don't condone arson but if you're going to do arson, don't do it with scotch. Yeah, there's much cooler things. Just uh, hit me up in the comments and we'll DM each other. <laughs> now, OK, wait, why the fuck would there have been Rainiers in Texas? Oh, sorry, Wyoming. Some of this was filmed in Montana. My no. time in Montana. I don't remember ever getting like even seeing Rainier. We mostly drank shit like Kokanee, Molson. Mm. Labats. Wasn't the burned down house that? I mean, that was an abandoned house, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been transients, but how did they get it? I don't know. We're really deep diving on this. <laughs> the director of photography was from Seattle, though. Well, there uh, you go. We yeah. figured out the mystery. Maybe. But the director was from Billings, Montana. Mm. So he should have known better for authenticity. Oh, wait. One more thing before we jump to the quotes. All right. What the fuck was up with racing the train and jumping it? Oh, dude, that was fucking awesome. So when Lyle gets Wayne out of prison. He's got Michael driving the car. Wayne and Suzanne are in the back seat, and Lyle's up front yes. with. But like, so he breaks Wayne out of prison by killing like the deputy. 
mm-hmm. getting Wayne, has Michael drive at gunpoint, and they're like driving to the tracks. Train gets in the way, and Michael's just like starting to slow down, and Lyle just like puts his foot on Michael's foot and just like revs down directly at a train. Yeah, well, he was. So they're all, trying to get away because the cops saw them. Yeah, but so. like just does that with doesn't tell him to turn, just does it, and Michael has to like scoot down and like race the train and try and like yeah. hop in front of it. It was crazy. Uh, my note for that was them Duke boys is at it again. Did you hear like after the cop came back out and he noticed the conversation of like the truck driver and stuff over there? Did you hear the that one resident was just like, oh, man, what an asshole. <laughs> this movie just goes out of clip, like scene to scene. And something happens in every scene to the point where, yeah, rad train chase. I completely forgot about. Did you notice after that whole scene when they brought in that chick to run the dispatch for the cops? In the background behind, you could still see the dead cop yeah. laying on the ground with just like a sheet over him. Yeah. I did like when they're all in the car, Lyle's talking to Wayne about how like the biggest con Wayne ever did was how do you become sheriff? Oh, yeah. And Wayne's just like, I got the votes. But then Suzanne's like, and you buy everybody in town a beer. Yeah. That's how you become sheriff. Corruption. So, you know, authenticity. At least they got that one right. And so the final scene is they jump on a, they hop a train with With the the money, with the bag of money. And she, you know, she has the gun still that no longer has the magazine. She's going to take the money and he's, you know, advances upon her. She pulls the trigger. Nothing happens. He like takes the money, limps over to the boxcar open door and just starts throwing all the money out and then chucks her off the train. Well, yeah. I thought it was strange that the money in the bag was just loose bills. Mm -hmm. While every other time money's been presented here, it's been like banded from a bank. There was even one banded piece of money that came out of the bag and stayed on the train that Nick Cage found. All the money was loose except for the one that landed in the train. Everything else blew away. Yeah. And then absurd. After he throws her off the train, he slumps down off to his next adventure and out of his Cody pulls one stack of cash. Uh, it wasn't out of his coat. It oh. was trapped in the oh, door. It was trapped of the in the train. doorway. That's right. Yeah. And then he just says, "Adios, Red Rocks." Adios, Wedwalk. Wed. Adios, Wedwalk. Right. Uh, because a- now he's Watto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a quote, Nick? Uh, hold on. Did anybody else legitimately think that they saw Nick Cage's penis? I had to back it up like five times and I was like, are we just seeing his fucking meaty dork right there? And I'm pretty sure it was like the other side of his side. This was in the scene at the Comfort Inn when he and Suzanne are getting it on. Yeah. And she like, you know, slides down the stomach doing the I'm going to give you uh, the time of your life thing. Uh, She's going to give him a head. And it just really, really suggestively looks like his wiener. Okay. Well, we've seen while we're on the subject of his wiener. You have something to add on the subject of Nick Cage's body Mm -hmm. because we've seen his body a lot. That sternum bush. He is a hairy man in this film. Oh, yeah. Whereas I think the most at the recent time we've seen his chestular region was Ghost Rider. He is smooth like a baby. Yeah. Most times it seems like he's a well, Most times when he's in a role where he's in fairly decent shape, Mm -hmm. it looks like he does a lot of manscaping. There's a lot of times where it's like, oh, you're just like hairy. Or it could be a chest marking. 
Could be a chest marking. I just wanted to say chest marking. Quotes? Mine was fuck Mexico. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. Well, we kind of covered both of mine, but uh, I think I really liked the one where they start up the Jeep, looks at the gas tank on empty, and just story of my fucking life. So I'm glad we just casually discussed all of our quotes yeah. and really kind of shit the bed here in the big <laughs> reveal for that. Yeah, I'm just going to really chop them up. <laughs> That's good. My quote is when. And you uh, don't. Fuck Mexico! <laughs> So, our second film today was Army of One. I mean, Dying of the Light. It pretty much is just Army of One. Um, Nicolas Cage plays an insane person trying to track down a terrorist. <laughs> just but this go- time, written and directed by Paul Schrader. So, just listen to our uh, Army of One episode, and then our Dog Eat Dog episode, and you'll pretty much have all our thoughts on this one. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bye. Good, ep- good episode, guys. <laughs> no, um, this one is terrible not to give up the ghost too early on which is gonna win but we were not looking forward to this and it did not disappoint with being disappointing before we get into this i do this might be an unfair pairing because the whole reason dog eat dog happened was because paul schrader wanted a redo with nick cage because this movie, Dying of the Light, was taken out of his hands in the editing process. So he and Nicolas Cage feel like the movie that we were given by the studio does not actually fairly represent their work. I can't remember uh, because I purged everything about Dog Eat Dog out of my brain. Did you get final cut on that? On Dog Eat Dog? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, then they're both they're both terrible. <laughs> yeah. Did this... you did you guys do any diving into trying to find his recut? Uh, uh, there so is not and will never be a recut. There from what is I've read. a recut. There is. He took the theatrical version and re-edited it to be closer to his initial idea, but no new film. Just he took what was uh, released and like re-cut yeah, it. So the it's called is, Dark. Yeah, the audio is kind of fucked up. And yeah, it's I found it and I started watching some of it, but I didn't watch this actual movie. So I was like, this doesn't mean shit to me. I, yeah. I don't care enough to, to see what that would look like. I don't consider that truly his cut of the movie mm, well it's no i'm not asking get. for a Zack snyder situation because that was bullshit too yeah. i don't think anyone but is really deeply asking for a paul schrader cut give us the schrader cut i want give paul us the schrader to give me four hours every time nick cage is on screen it has to start with like slow motion and amazon music and so this film stars nicholas cage as cia agent evan lake anton yelchin which mm, sad as uh milt schultz and Alexander Kareem as Muhammad Banir. So Nick Cage plays an older CIA agent, CIA agent who has been on desk duty for about 22 years after being tortured by uh, Banir in a pretty gruesome little torture sequence. Nick Cage has got a fucked up ear the whole time because he gets uh, tremors to it. And all I could think was, you know, you think he fucked up his own ear to be more accurate to the character like he did with the uh, birdie. No, because the prosthetic looked awful. Yeah. It looked so bad. I mean, you could tell it was just something built off of his ear. Yeah. So now he had one really like kind of wing shaped ear. It's bizarre. Later on, when he has to go into uh, go undercover, the spirit glue some hair onto his face and give him like a fake ear covering, which is just him without the bad prosthetic on it. But when he does take that off for the big reveal at the end, it's just the big bad prosthetic with an even worse prosthetic glued over it. Uh, you don't see him take like the disguise off. It's just like he reaches up to take it off, 
cut to Benier and then cut back to Nicolas Cage and he's just got it pulling away from his yeah. face. It was like, hey, you've got something in your ear. Oh, how did this quarter get here? It's like, <laughs> how did my disguise? Oh, how did these CIA credentials show up? So he has been obsessed with Benier for 22 years since he'd been tortured. I guess rightfully so. If someone like took a cricket bat to my head and cut my, my ear off, I'd be mad. And he wants back in the field. They're trying to push him out. They're trying to get him to retire because he has dementia. Like he like he goes to a doctor far away and like tries to hide it from, you know, CIA. He finds out that he has uh, FTD, frontal temporal dementia. And the next time he goes in the uh, goes to the Pentagon, the director calls him into the office and is like, you don't think we, we keep track of like medical records for our agents? What's the conceit of this entire thing? Is it to make him an unreliable narrator? Like, nope. Is, oh, well, fuck. What's the point? There is none. Uh, <laughs> it's just he wants revenge and he is losing his mind and he wants to, like, finish this last case before he's completely gone. But you and mean, this is the biggest waste of the film for a Nick Cage film. You mean, like, why give him this disease? It's just to complicate things. I'll try to give this a, like a, a quick two minute linear yeah, because I, I didn't watch yeah. this. Okay. So, and, and the people at home almost certainly didn't. And I don't know shouldn't. why. I own this movie on Blu ray and it's beautiful. So, Evan, Lake. I almost call him Evan Stone. It's Evan Lake. <laughs> the very different actors. You would have gotten the exact same performance. Both storied careers. Evan is tortured by this terrorist. Some American agents bust through a wall, Kool Aid Man style. They save him. In the rescue, they determine that Veneer is dead because there's this body. It doesn't have a head, though, so they can't, like, definitively say. But they're all like, Veneer's dead. Like, here's the body. And Evan, but God, I keep wanting to call him Evan Stone. Evan, he's a porn star, people, and an awesome one. Evan is convinced that he never died. He gets put on desk duty. He does like speeches for recruits and things like that. Basically, he gets way demoted because yeah. of this. And he's always trying to like find leads or whatever into whatever could have happened to Benier, but can't. He's just like he's hit a stone wall until one day this Kenyan courier gets busted in Bucharest, picking up some shit from a doctor. He had a, a USB drive. And when he's caught, there's a chase. Uh, he ends up throwing his USB drive into the river and jumping in. The cops go and they like drag it. They find it and they find all these like uh, they say they find porn, Islamic scriptures, angry birds and medical records yeah. on this USB drive. And so they're like, well, it's kind of damaged. We can't really read it. So they send it off to Langley and that's how it gets back to Evan that there's these medical records. And he's like, oh, like Benier's dad had this disease and like the, these drugs are used for treating that disease. So finally, you know, like something's come out like we Was, can chase this yeah. down. I mean, uh, experimental drugs for a type of a uh, rare type of anemia. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you see that Benier's got this like blood disease. He's, he's got bad bloods, just like Nicolas Cage has a bad brain in this one. I think that even comes up in their fight. Is so there a dialysis that, fight? No. Fuck. Kinda. Well, no dialysis, but he's yes. hooked up to a dialysis machine. Veneer is. Okay. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> so it's the exact same movie. 
when Evan brings this up, like all this information up to the CIA director, the director basically starts to like say, no, that's not true. We've put a pin in it. This is done. You're going to have to like just give it up. Then we get scenes with Nicolas Cage finding out he's got this frontotemporal uh, dementia, which is going to kill him a lot faster than Alzheimer's. And so he really just kind of wants to take out Benier at this point. He's like, oh, I don't got a lot of time. And then the CIA has found out that he has this brain disease. So they're like, hey, man, you can't do your job anymore. You got brain disease. You got the brains. And <laughs> you got the brains. You got the brains. Yeah. Well, you don't have the brains. Hence why you have to go. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, throws a fit. They escort him out. His protege, Milt, the one who brought him the information in the first place, played by Anton Yelton, comes to his house with his stuff later. And Nicolas Cage offers him some sake because uh, apparently that's what his character drinks because he goes through two bottles of it in this scene. Kampai. They go over the case and Nick Cage kind of just lays out that, you know, he's going to he's going to do it. He's just going to go find Benier and like take care of this himself. Anton Yelchin and Nick Cage go on a wild adventure to Bucharest, find this doctor, uh, confront him and kind of pressure him into like turning. So like he'll set up another meeting with Benier's people. Well, Benier's uh, right hand man went to Bucharest because the Kenyan never came back. Yeah. And obviously he needs the medicine. So and he's sending more people. Also was to bring the doctor back to him. Yeah. So now they're going to do a swap once they've, you know, killed Benier's guy so that there's no nobody who can say, hey, that's not the doctor. They dress Nick Cage up as the doctor. He goes to Mombasa, the asshole of Africa. Not my words. I just have to make that clear because I say a lot of terrible things, but I'm not going <laughs> to put down Mombasa. I have a lot of respect for Mombasa. So he goes out there. They have a scene where Nick Cage, you know, as the doctor shows up and he is talking to Benir and goes to the bathroom. He's like, oh, the toilet won't flush. So Benir's bodyguard goes in there and Nick Cage walk. karate chops him and like knocks him out and locks him in the bathroom. Then he goes back out and he's talking to uh, Benir. And he's like, oh, man, your situation's a lot worse than I had expected. Blah, 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 blah. Not only is it deteriorating. I'm not a doctor. And he like takes off the mustache and takes off the little goatee and and the, the fake ear. Yeah. And that's when he's like doing the fake ear thing, the real ear to fake ear to prosthetic to prosthetics. Real fake ear. Yeah, it's earception. And <laughs> uh, that was an Evan Stone movie. <laughs> OK, there's my one joke for the episode. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> and then they kind of like get all up about each other but he's been nick cage has been drugged and so they just kind of argue for a little while and there's a lot of ptsd moments so he's he hasn't been drugged this is like really the one time we see the unreliable sensory perceptions because he starts flashing back to the torture while benir is kind of lecturing to him mm. and so nick cage is in and out of the moment and they kind of both realize that they're both dying and just Nick Cage just kind of walks out of there. They yeah. even like say goodbye to each other. It, it all kind of like stopped when it was like the call to prayer goes off. And Veneer's like, oh, would you help me to like set up my prayer rug? And Cage is like, no, I won't do that. And then he just like walks out. Yeah. 
That was uh, a good Gary voice there. Yeah, it's like the same movie. <laughs> it um, is the same movie. <laughs> one man goes to another country to bring a terrorist back for justice. How much is left in this thing? Oh, like 10 minutes yeah. uh, of me describing yes. this. <laughs> this next scene, though, is probably my favorite scene in the film. Oh, yeah. The, the, the credits? Pool, the pool party. Nick Cage goes back to the uh, hotel, meets up with the uh, Milt, and just tells him, like, yeah, I just left him there. Oh, I thought he told him, like, he killed him. Like, when they when Milt's picking him up in the car. Oh, that's he's right. like, how was it? Oh, like, yeah. Was it everything you wanted? And he's like, oh, man, you should have heard him scream. That's right. And it's like, no, but then he's just talking about, like, all the normal stuff he's going to do when he gets back home. And they're just at this nice hotel pool. And then everybody gets shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not everybody, but like Milt gets shot and he's down and then there's just like just bullets flying. A and... lot of other people and so much bad CG bullet holes in people and like that aren't rendered correctly. And it just looks horrible. Yeah, and it, it wasn't jujitsu bad, but that's what I was trying to think of. I'm like, where have we seen this before? Yeah, no, yeah it wasn't quite that bad. And then he does. Go, then he goes back. Yeah, there's a chase. He like fights a couple uh, like Kenyan bodyguards or well, like terrorist bodyguards and steals a van from one of them and then goes back to Vanier's and that's place. when they have their tussle and then there's old man fight which has all the energy of two dying old men rolling on the ground until nicholas cage stabs Benier in the fucking eye with his finger like holding him down <laughs> yeah. and just slowly like while Benier's resisting pushes his finger through his eye and Benier just dies immediately from that I want to die immediately from that. <laughs> uh, and then while driving back, Evans just like had enough of it. So he like swerves and just like pitches the van in front of a semi and kills himself. Fuck that. Uh, Harrison Ford was originally approached to do this, but he didn't want to because of well, what he cited. I'm sure there was more than just this, but. Uh, his reason for not doing it was the bleak ending of the movie. Did you see who was supposed to be the uh, the young trainee with Harrison Ford? No. Channing Tatum. Oh, fuck. That yeah. would have been a much better film. And it shouldn't have been directed by Schrader. <laughs> I've tried to name my tools at work after like Channing Tatum relating things like my channel locks. I just call my Channing Tatums. And my uh, my wire strippers, I call my magic mics. There we go. Oh, that's good. But do you, do you have a Jupiter ascending? I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, as a Nick Cage film, is so wasted because of the whole story element of him having frontal temporal dementia. Because let me give you, this is early in the film, and when these symptoms are listed, I get I get so excited. The doctor's like, "You'll be subject to overreaction." Perfect for Nick Cage. Mood swings. Hell yeah. Uh, unreliable sensory perception. That could be fun. And he kind of just gets uppity and yells at people and tells them to fuck off a lot. Yeah, he's just kind of fussy. He's just yeah, he's just like a fussy old man. He like twice he mixes up his words. Yeah, like he diamond, uh, yeah, diamond, diamond Tuesdays. ruby diamond Tuesdays. And that's why Milt was like ruby Tuesdays. He that's like said tells uh the director, the CIA director to fuck off when security comes to like, you have to leave the premises. He starts like hucking his uh, medals and uh, trophies at them. And like he gets hauled out of uh, hauled out of there. I just jumped around to yeah. random points on the timeline and watched like 30 second clips. One of them that stood out to me 
is he's talking to Anton Yelchin and he sticks his hand out and then he puts a book oh, on it. Yeah. Oh, what the like, fuck was that about? Oh, so he's got like a shaky hand. He's getting and, tremors. Yeah. So he like sticks his hand out. He's like, put that dictionary on my hand. And then like not even half a beat later, he's just like, it's that orange book on the. I, wait, I have show. a quote here because oh, this yeah. was my quote. It's like, put that dictionary on my hand. It's a book. It's yellow. And it's a dictionary. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously Milt's like, I know what a dictionary is, asshole. Just the dialogue in this movie is so atrocious. But like, okay, Nick Cage, actor famously known for going over the top insane performances and is given a character who is supposed to be subject to overreaction and just losing his shit. And all he does is just kind of silently seethe. And when he's told to uh, put out a cigarette in a restaurant, he just gets angry. Yeah. You could have done so much more with that. Yeah, it was a real letdown. But it's kind of like if somebody tells you to do something and you're just like, no. Yeah. I don't want to. That's really it. I don't want to overreact. I'm going to sit here and do nothing. Because I do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's how every one of these podcasts starts before we start rolling. Very easy to manipulate. You just have to tell me not to do something and I will do it. Anton Yelchin... I have a hard time looking at his face because he looks kind of like a, a baby and an old man at the exact same time. <laughs> you mean like babies do? <laughs> yeah. Nick, I'm glad you gave the um, the breakdown of this film because I was just looking at my notes for like the timeline of this film. And I'm like, all right, frontal temporal dementia. Veneer also sick. Hereditary anemia. A bunch of shit happens. Milt kills a guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you, you got it. <laughs> How fucking bad is everybody at surveillance in this movie like the bucharest police are like across a parking lot when the kenyan courier comes out and they're like talking about him and they're in a car and he goes to his car and like before he even gets into his car the cops turn on their car and like their headlights come up and then the kenyan sees them and it's like oh shit he's made us you guys suck at surveillance. So then they like try to follow him and it turns into a chase. Yeah. Then at the end, it's like Evan and Milt are in Bucharest and they're trying to find who the new Kenyan guy is going to be when he shows up at the hospital. So they're like staking out out front and then they see him and then like they watch him again later, but they're like all the way across this like festival grounds that's getting set up and they're sitting at a table and both of them are just turned 180 degrees or whatever to look at this guy and they're staring him down so like he comes out of the building and looks up and it's like two white dudes just fucking mean mugging you so he ran yeah does a cia agent count as a cop i was gonna ask that yeah they're all still government i i'd put this in the bad cop category anton yelchin counts as a good kid though yeah good kid bad cop good kid bad cop Good kid, bad cop. Yeah, I think good he's kid, bad cop, bad cop. I want to go back to that that sake thing. Like they've got him drinking sake, yeah. and then later he's in the hotel room. He's just sitting full lotus on the bed. Yeah, it's like what the fuck is with this character? Like why they never talk about no. it? There's no justification for things. Like I'm fine with characters existing beyond the movie. And I'm okay with, like, I don't need to have some, like, everything explained out, like, why they are the way they are. 
But these are just two isolated incidents on either side of the movie that points him to like being a big Japanophile or whatever. A weeaboo. Weeaboo? Weeaboo. Yeah, a weeaboo. Is that offensive? Not to me, because I'm not a nerd. I fucking don't care. I'm not even going to look this one up. (laughs) Yeah, just publish it, Peter. We're doing a no edit episode. (laughs) Yeah, I I just don't understand. Like, those are two things. Like, every other time he he drinks a lot in this movie, and it's whiskey. Except for when he's at his house and he drinks two bottles of sake. Well, him and Milt. That second bottle, he was just mainlining, though. Oh, yeah. Then at the end of the movie, he's just sitting in like the full lotus position. Why is why are you doing this, Paul Schrader? Why do you do this to us? Because he doesn't think. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point, I've seen enough Paul Schrader stuff to just know that I don't like him. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious and- why cage wanted to work with him and then wanted to work with him again i mean i get what happened with the you know director's cut yeah cage does like to do things to challenge himself as we've learned did you feel like he was challenged in this i mean he did it for a million dollars that's a lot less money than normal so that is a challenge this movie had a five million dollar budget and one million that was nick cage's take home and it didn't make fuck all for money. No, it did not. It made under seven hundred thousand worldwide. Uh, so what's your uh, what's your quote from this film, Nick? Oh, geez. Um, there's so many things that like I enjoyed for different reasons. Like there's some lines that are just bad. There's bad deliveries mm-hmm. there. My favorite bad delivery is Nicolas Cage is talking about like how they're going to get Benier because he's got this disease and stuff. And he's just like. Benir's got it. It's come out. It's in his blood. And it's like, what the fuck? And he gives us like this stupid like head slide with like sneer. It's in his blood. It's like, Jesus. His first like big line in this film is when he comes out on stage. It's 20. So we see him getting tortured. We see him get hit with a cricket bat. 22. Then it immediately cuts to 22 years later. Evan looks exactly the same, except he has gray hair now and a fucked up ear. And he walks out on stage uh, to talk to like new CIA cadets. And I'm not going to do the whole line, but like just the delivery and the and the writing here just told me this was going to be awful, which is uh, what the hell are you doing here? Haven't you heard the CIA fell from the Berlin Wall and all the president's men can't put it back together again? Yeah, it's awful. It's the dumbest little speech. It's broke. It's not reliable, not trustworthy. And it just keeps going. And for some reason, like it's in like a freezing cold room because you can see the steam on his breath. But all the cadets are in T-shirts. I do like one of his better freakouts, though, to the CIA director. You've got your head so far up Obama's ass that all you can see is his shit anymore. Okay, well, so this isn't like a favorite quote, but I I I liked it. uh, And I want to it bounces off of uh, Sean mentioned when he was told to put out a cigarette earlier. He pulls out his like plane ticket or whatever. Let me check something. Yep. I am in Romania. Are you out of your fucking mind? This whole country's a smoking section. I couldn't remember the exact quote. That's why I use it. Yeah. This next quote starts with the name Veneer, but my phone auto corrected it to Beanie. So I'm just going to read it as my phone has it. Beanie boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Beanie, you think you can hide? 
Nobody can hide from the Reaper. Are well, you the Reaper? Yes. Of Incredible. our time. This and Dog Eat Dog, like the two Schrader films we've watched for this, have been god awful. This might be my least favorite and least rewatchable film to date. Dog Eat Dog is at least so weird and has so many just what the fuck moments that I was entertained. And Willem Dafoe. And Willem Dafoe that I was entertained enough to watch it twice. I couldn't watch this one the second time. This one is a bit of a slog. I mean, I, I still watched it twice, but I'm just made of tougher, str- tougher, stronger you, stuff. Yeah, that's fine. I don't. You, you I got that good metal. Oh, oh yeah. I, 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 that's it. You can have that. You can have that metal. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to keep those 90 minutes of my life. again. Oh, man. Nick, which movie would you like to move forward with? That's a really tough one because I've already set the president of liking Army of One. <laughs> But this isn't nearly as unhinged as that. No, and, and it that's been. unfortunate. Yeah, this one actually should have been more extreme than the true story, but it wasn't. Uh, no, I mean Red Rock West. Yeah, Red was... Rock West. Um, but just to go to your point, real quick, um, you know, sign up for our Patreon, and if you give us enough money that we can take enough time off, we'll re we'll recut this film with um. Ooh, an army of one mashup. Yeah. Oh yeah, so we can watch Dark. And then mash it up with Army of One. Yeah, and we'll just replace all of Evan uh, Evan Lake's characters with... Uh, Gary. With Gary. Fucking love it. <laughs> so sign up for our Patreon. Uh, like, and, like and subscribe. Next episode, we've got Raising Arizona. And yes. Trapped in Paradise with Dana Carvey and John Lovitz. Oh. Just to say it again. Red Rock West one. Not... <laughs> yes. Not this terrible Paul Schrader movie. No. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, I, I'll do more Coke next time, so I'm more awake. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. Someone give Nick a comment. Please, God. Somebody. I just want to stop talking about the comments. Mostly <laughs> so he can figure out where they are. <laughs> all right. Um, from all of us here in my apartment. Good night. God bless. Bye, Nicholas Cage. Bye. Or didn't hear that. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> you moron. <laughs> I just hit myself in the face with my own microphone. I have done that so many times. <laughs> I fucking hate both of you. Why did you let me talk you into this? That sounds like a you problem. I'm aware. Look, I'm just here because you have a bathroom and limited toilet paper. <laughs> Hey, thanks, Hayden. You were supposed to buy toilet paper today. <laughs>